0: Hello and welcome to the table. In this episode, we're going to look at dishes from the Indian subcontinent. We will discuss their names, the name's translation and the dish's origin. We will hopefully give you a little bit of background about the dish and hopefully we'll be trying out some of the dishes as well. Welcome back. Well, what got me interested in doing this episode was the realisation that the translation of Dho from its Persian or Hindi name to English is basically two onions or double onions. Now, I never realised that until someone pointed it out and it got me thinking about other Indian subcontinent curry names. So this epiphany came to me while at work, where we were discussing food and spices, how hot, spicy or chilli dishes are. I mentioned that because of what I ate when I was younger, my tolerance for spicy and chilli dishes is high. Another one of my colleagues mentioned that the curry he can tolerate is a korma. Now we will look into what a korma is, but he meant the British restaurant version of the korma, which is a sweet dish, not spicy or chilli at all. He then mentioned he wouldn't mind trying the dō piazza because it was a thick, sauced curry and it used extra onions. He then said that's what dō piazza means two or double onions. And that's when I realised the obvious and it made me wonder about other dishes. Did you guys know what doppiazza meant or was it just me being naive?
1: Yeah, I knew what, I knew it meant two onions but I didn't know it was a dish. Were you aware of that all? I've seen it on
2: menus and never ordered it. Is it like a masala dish?
0: Yeah, it's a saucy dish, similar to a masala. <laughs> Let's look into doppiazza browsing online there are apparently two dishes with the same name one from iran and one from the indian subcontinent we're primarily going to look at the one from the indian subcontinent so what is a dopiaza well dopiaza is prepared with open quote many onions end quote and this makes it a thick curry sauce that is cooked with any meat vegetable or seafood the name dopiaza comes from the process of adding onions at two stages while cooking the dish but some say it's the ratio of onions to meet two to one. I think that makes more sense rather than adding onions at two stages but I guess I would have to find an authentic recipe and cook it myself. What do you guys think? Is it the ratio of onions or the stages the onions are added that makes the name?
1: Well I literally thought it was made from two onions by the name lol but yeah I would agree with you two to one ratio does make sense. Your thoughts Sol?
2: It's in the word, it's two. Most dishes consist of one or two onions when made at home. Well, regarding the name,
0: while I was looking online, I was able to find an alternative legend around how the dish came about and how it was named. Apparently, it was invented by accident when a cook of the Mughal Emperor Akbar added too many onions to the dish. Now, the cook's name was apparently Mullah Dho Piazza. And the cook's name lives on with the dish. I think I prefer this Mughal legend to the obvious explanation. So the dish originated in Khorasan, present-day Iran and Afghanistan, and was introduced to South Asia by the Mughals. It has now become very popular in India, Pakistan and around the globe. The modern-day Dho hails from India and Pakistan. It evolved there to the version that was exported around the world by Pakistani migrants. Usually a Dho is of a medium heat or spice. It's up to the person how hot they like it. I've even read some online posts where they like to add big chunks of green pepper and someone else prefers extra green chilies. Hey guys, have any of you tried Dho Piazza? How do you like
2: to have it?
1: No, I haven't tried it before, but I'm sure you would love it, Niz, being the spicy one. Lol.
2: Same here. Never tried it. Sounds interesting, not a fan of strong spicy food though. Okay,
0: I see an opportunity to go out for a meal. I've had it and I really enjoyed it. So from what I've read about adding the onions, you have your initial set of onions that are finely diced to create the initial curry sauce and then you add pre-fried large pieces of onions right at the end. It's the onions added towards the end of the cooking that gives it the thick sauce and strong onion flavour. The main ingredients in a topiazza is the onions, obviously, and then you have chicken, but this can be substituted with some other meat, vegetable or seafood. You also have ginger and garlic paste, a selection of spices from cardamoms, cloves and peppercorns, and also salt and chili powder. Have you guys ever tried a curry dish with something other than red meat or poultry? I love prawns or king prawns.
1: I don't really like prawns. However, I have tried curry with pecoras, it tastes fab. That I could easily eat once a week with no complaints. How about you, Sol? I
2: do eat meat and vegetable dishes, but I don't eat fishes and prawns. Okay. So let's move on to the next dish, which is called balti.
0: Now, I know the translation for this, but never thought about it until I started researching this episode. So the translation for balti from Punjabi to English is bucket. Not the finest vision for something you're about to eat, but... It's also used for describing a cooking pan or wok-like pot that it's cooked in and then served in. Just want to check with you guys. What do you think balti means?
1: Um, I think it means tub, doesn't it? Well, that's how I would translate it. Well, there are many
0: dialects in the Indian subcontinent. You, Sol? Sorry, not sure. Well, balti, the dish, has its origins linked to Baltistan, which is located in northern Pakistan on the border with China. This seems relevant as the name of the dish describes the pot or wok it is cooked in and served in. So the name is derived from the utensil used during cooking rather than the ingredients used or the way it is cooked. I quite like Balti dishes. I like the spices and the sauce. A Balti dish is usually of medium spice but again, you can always spice it up. A Balti dish can be cooked with chicken or any meat off the bone and it can also be cooked using just vegetables. I've had mine with king prawns and it's very tasty. A Balti dish is cooked much like a stir fry with vegetable oil and left to simmer. It contains garlic, onions, turmeric and some other ground spices. It's topped with fried green peppers and garnished with coriander. The Balti dish helped South Asian food take off in Britain in the 1980s and 1990s, with curry dishes becoming very popular and even thought of as a national dish of Britain.
1: Oh here we go, another history lesson.
0: I love my history. And here's another one for you. There are references to the dish arriving in Birmingham, England around 1971. It was so popular that Birmingham was probably the capital for authentic Balti dishes in the UK, and Birmingham has a whole lot of them. So popular was the Balti dish that the restaurants were called Balti Houses. Now I didn't know this, but most of them are located around Spark Hill and Moseley. I think it would be nice to go to one of these Balti houses and try the dish. Have any of you been to a Balti house anywhere? Unfortunately not.
1: What about you, Dims? No, actually I haven't. But I once went to Spark Hill. But unfortunately, I didn't see Mr Khan there. Do you know who, who I'm referring to guys, lol? You mean Citizen Khan? Yeah, like he says, everyone know me.
2: If you couldn't find that commuter leader, you should have asked Dave. He might have known where he was.
0: Yeah, I know the guy from Citizen Khan. Very comical. But getting back on topic. It looks like they even attempted to get the name Birmingham Balti protected by an EU scheme. We'll leave Sparkhill and move on. The next dish is called Rogan Josh. Now, this was a weird one for me, as I wasn't able to relate to it or translate it that easily. Now Rogan apparently means red in Hindi, but it also means clarified butter or oil in Persian. You then have Josh, which seems to have a couple of different translations. It can be used to mean stew or boil. in Hindi it can translate to passion. So in essence the name of the dish is stewed in clarified butter but I like the second translation which is red passion. Which name do you guys like? Now please don't disappoint me.
1: Obviously for me I'd have to go with red passion. Y'all know I'm a passionate guy lol.
2: I'm going with clarified butter just to be different. As usual Saul. Well
0: Rogunjosh has its origins in Kashmir. It was introduced to Kashmir by the Mughals, who in turn were influenced by Persian cuisine. The Mughals used to travel to Kashmir to escape the summer heat of the Indian plains. It is a very spicy dish and it gets its color and spice from the Kashmiri red chilies and an indigenous flower. Making a Josh involves marination and slow cooking. This makes it a lengthy dish to prepare. So Rogan Josh consists of pieces of lamb or mutton braised with yoghurt or gravy and flavoured with garlic, ginger and aromatic spices like cloves, bay leaves, cardamom and cinnamon. Now, I didn't know this but while looking into Roganjosh, I found that there is a traditional 36 course ceremonial meal called the Wazwan.
1: What's Wazwan? Don't you mean Wagwan?
0: No, not Wagwan. Apparently, Waz stands for cook or cooking and one means shop, so cook shop. Aye. Now, I've not looked too much into the origins of wazwan, but I think it must be some kind of honor to be part of this special 36 course meal. Roganjosh is also one of the permanent seven dishes. I've also read that the dish varies depending on the region of Kashmir you are in and on the individual preparing the dish. So Kashmiri Brahmins, who are Kashmiri Hindus, are unusual in that they eat meat, and that's different because the majority of Hindus are vegetarians. Now, Kashmiri Brahmins do avoid onions and garlic, so they use fennel seeds and asfatida instead, and that will change the taste of the dish. So, asfatida is a gum from a variety of giant fennel, which is a type of flowering plant. In the Muslim version, they use a lot of garlic, onion, and dried flowers or root of Alkana. Halkana is a type of flower. But I did find another claim that the dried flower of the cook's Coon plant is used instead of Halkana. They also say it is the plant that gives the dish its signature red colour, and this colour is the source of its name, as Rogan means red in Kashmiri. I do like a Rogan Josh, and it is a hot, spicy dish. Have you guys ever had Rogan Josh?
1: Nope, but I've heard of Joe Rogan. And I hope one day our podcast is as popular as Joe Rogan's. So guys, please don't forget to download, review and share with your friends and family. With that said, so, are you familiar with Rogan Josh?
2: Heard of the name and that's it. Never tried it. Obviously talking about Rogan Josh here and not Joe Rogan. We're not cannibals here. <laughs> Aye. You mentioned the dish was spicy. I'm not really a spicy person. Well, there is another dish that isn't as spicy,
0: and I'm not really a fan of it. It's the British version of the dish, and it's called Korma. Have you ever heard of the dish Korma? And can you think why I would not like it? Well, the British version anyway.
2: Yes, I have. I think it consists of yoghurt or cream. Not sure. You all thought Stims?
1: Yes, I've heard of it, but not sure why you wouldn't like it. Do enlighten us.
0: Yeah, that's right Sol. On wiki explains that Korma is an anglicization of the word Korma in Urdu which means braise. So the name is based on the technique used in making the dish. The word is also used across other regions so such as the Persian word Gorma and the Azerbaijani Kovama or Kovama and these are derived from the Turkic word Kovima meaning a fried thing. But As I said, the British korma tastes nothing like those from the Indian subcontinent, Turkey or Persia. Korma has its roots in Mughal cuisine and can be tracked back to the 16th century. Kormas were often prepared in the Mughal court kitchens, dishes such as the white korma. It is said it was also served to Shah Jahan and his guests at the inauguration of the Taj Mahal.
1: Taj Mahal, isn't that one of the wonders of the world?
2: Yes, it is and that's one of the wonders I've conquered. It was good. Yeah,
0: the British also conquered it, but it must be an honour for korma to be associated with one of the wonders of the world. There isn't one way to make a korma. I searched online to find a consensus on how it should be cooked, but I found lots of different versions. The main thing that was the same was marinating the meat or vegetables and then cooking briskly or seared on a high heat and then allowing it to slow cook. As mentioned, a korma can be mildly spiced or fiery, but in Britain it is a sweet dish cooked with yogurt, coconut milk, and the restaurant version may also contain ground almonds and thick cream. I read a really good description of the British version that states the flavour holds more of a sweet and creamy taste rather than rich and spicy. The person who said that sounds like my kind of curry person hot and spicy. So, is the British version of the korma a fake? Well, if you want to be true to the authentic dish, then yes. I also came across a new term when someone prefixed the word korma with brindian. So, brindian korma. Have any of you ever tried a korma, or do you know of another sweet curry dish?
1: Sweet curry dish sounds good, but not tried it. Not that I can recall anyway. But that would be a good taste test. Let us know if you guys think that would be a good idea, reach out on social media, but for right now, why don't you let us know what you think, Sol?
2: Sorry, not try it. I don't think I would either. I think this is more for you Dims, as you are the sweet tooth guy here.
1: Yes Sol, I love my sweets, but not too big on the sweet curry to be honest.
0: I don't think I will taste test a British karma, but I do have a funny story. My wife ended up eating this sweet dish and she was gutted. So what happened was that she tried an authentic korma at my auntie's house and then when we went to the restaurant, she thought it would be similar. The funny thing is, the waiter, who was Asian and knows Asians like spices, actually asked if she was sure she wanted to order a korma and he said, Are you sure? He didn't explain that it was a sweet dish and just said, are you sure? I realised and told the missus it would be sweet but she felt brave and ignored our warnings. When it came and she took her first bite that was priceless. Seeing her face as she took a bite with the nan bread that was sweet. Just like the dish and I also got to see her make a face. I wish I'd filmed it. So I think the name allows it to be catered to whatever version is being prepared as the name is the technique used to cook the dish, or style of cooking, rather than what the ingredients are. Okay, this next one I've never actually heard of, and I can't remember seeing it on a menu anywhere. But I came across it in my research, and I loved the meaning. So the dish is called Pasanda. The word is a variation on the Urdu word Pasand, meaning favourite. And Pasanda refers to the prime cut of meat traditionally used within the dish. Guys, have you ever heard of Basanda or tried it?
1: Okay, Basanda. I know it means favourite. But come on now, Niz. Surely you're just making these dishes up. What do you think, Sol? Is he just pulling our leg with these strange dishes? Or what?
2: Never heard of pasanda
1: I think this whole episode
2: is just making things up. Ha ha! <laughs> I can't remember the website
0: where I originally came across this dish. But on Wiki... It states Pasanda is a popular dish from the Indian subcontinent, notably North India and Pakistan. Pasanda was derived from a dish served in the court of the Mughal emperors and was originally made with lamb or goat fillets flattened into strips, which are then marinated and fried in a dish with seasoning. Nowadays, pasanda is also made using chicken and king prawns, but the process and ingredients used remain generally the same. Pasanda is considered a mild dish, similar to a korma. That is the Indian subcontinent version of the korma and not the Brindian version. The meat in a pasanda is cut and flattened. It is then placed in a marinade consisting of yogurt, chili powder and various spices, including garlic, cumin and peppercorn. After a few hours of marination, the meat is placed in a saucepan with other ingredients such as onions, coriander, chilies, black pepper and pureed tomato. Which is then cooked for another 30 minutes. The dish can also be garnished with badam, which means almond. It is then known as badam pasand. I think I will have to give this one a try. If I do, I'll let you know what I thought. I do like my spices but this one is apparently mild so I may have to spice it up. Could it become one of my pasand or favourites? It is a mild dish from the sounds of it. Will you guys give it a try?
1: Yeah, you've convinced me. I wouldn't be up for trying it out. How about you, Sol?
2: If it's given to me for free, I'll try anything. Just for you, Sol. Next
0: meal's on me. How about a smile? Oh, forget it. We've only covered some dishes here, and there are so many more. Now, I know the curries in Britain's curry houses are not traditional and are catered for the British palate. Also, I find it amazing that when I go to a curry house with my family, the waiter usually asks, would you like it, Apna style? meaning do you want the traditional version. Have you guys ever experienced that when you go out to eat at a curry house?
2: Yep, many times. Last time I went to a restaurant with some work colleagues the waiter asked the same question and the work colleagues I was with then they wanted to try the same food as I was going to have. They stated it tasted slightly different to what they had. I advise it's because it's catered for the South Asian palate. Dim's you experience the same?
1: Yeah, a few times. I think it's quite common, to be honest. Sometimes they even have it on the menu, Apna style or Desi style, which also means the traditional version. I think it's more to do with palates, as most English food is nowhere near as spicy as Indian food, so they probably hold it down for some people. But if you can handle your spices, and you dare to go for the Apna or Desi version, then they probably go to town on the spices, lol.
0: Well... There are some dishes that I don't see at restaurants and I do love, such as gofte, which is like meatballs but served with whole eggs. The eggs are not covered with the meat. They are boiled separately and then added at the end. I also really like a simple dish that we make when we're short of time, scrambled egg curry. It's like scrambled eggs but mixed with onions and spices. Really nice with a chapati or roti. There is another dish that I like the name of, and how it tastes. It's called takatak. It's made from offal, which is a mixture of various meat organs such as brain, kidney, lungs, testicles and others. The name describes the sound made from the two sharp blades that hit the griddle as they cut up the meat. Do you guys know of any dish names that you like the meaning of?
1: I don't know about it, but they should rename that takatak to yukka yuk. I mean brains, lungs, testes, thanks but no thanks. However, I have always liked the name Golgapir,
2: which is also
1: known as Bani Puri. I know there is a lot of history with this dish, which we might have to cover in a future episode. Let us know if you guys think that would be a good idea. But so any dishes that you like the name or meaning of? I do like brains,
2: liver and kidney, but all separate. Brains are called Bijwal, liver known as kaleji and kidney known as kudda. All these are named in Gujarati. I didn't know about those Gujarati dishes. It's good to find out.
0: Why don't you, the listeners, let us know if you've come across any food names that intrigue you? Or the next time you look at the menu, why not try to find out what the name means? Also, if you have funny stories of foods you have tried, or the food was not what you thought, let us know. Just go to our fan page or why not let us know on Twitter. Join us at the table next time and hopefully I will have tried Sunda and I can let you know my verdict. See you next time.
2: Bye-bye. In a minute. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.